Hey, Cloneheads. A couple of things I want to say off the top before we get started is uh, we've moved domains. It is now spidey-dude.com. That's right, spidey-dude.com. The uh, reason why we had to move domains is a long story, and I don't really want to get into it right this second. But um, just know that uh, the website is back, and it's going to be better than ever, and we are really excited to have the website back up and running. Uh Couple of th- uh, the other big thing about this episode is that it was recorded late last year, and there's a couple of topical references that we've made inside the episode that are really no longer valid. <laughs> there's a lot of things that have uh, happened since we recorded this episode, and so I do apologize for the lateness of posting this episode, but uh, we are obviously excited to bring it to you. So, without further ado, let's uh, take it away to the theme music, and we'll see you next time here on the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, clone heads. I'm Zach Joyner, and finally I can say it. This is the Clone Zire Chronicles podcast, powered by Spideytude.com. And here to welcome the site and the show back are the usual suspects. Joshua Lappin Bertoni. Hello, hello, hello. He's the co host of Amazing Spider Man Classics, the Alex Trebek of the Spider Man Crawl Space with Spider Man Jeopardy, and has a series of articles on that site featuring his dislike of Betty Brandt. <laughs> dislike? I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your favorite character of all time. We're reading comprehension, guys. Come on. Uh, and also joining us is uh, Donovan Morgan. He's also part of the BatmanUniverse.net and the flagship reviewer of this amazing Spider-Man on the Spider-Man Crawl Space. Hello, hello. And finally, last but certainly not least, the man, the myth, the legend, is Gerard oh. Delatour. You can also uh, see him on Spidey.com. He's going to also have a soon-to-be – he's the head of a soon-to-be-announced project that will be a big part of the site. So I'm very excited to have him on and have him a part of Spidey.com. So. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, good, good. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be covering a couple topics. We're going to hit up some news. Uh, there's a new clone trade out, and uh, the Jackal's doing some wacky stuff in Spider Island. We'll get to some emails, and then we'll uh, get into the reviews of Time Bomb, which is a story that ran from Spectacular Spider-Man number 228 to Web of Spider-Man number 129. Unfortunately, it was the last issue of Web of Spider-Man. <laughs> What do you mean, unfortunately? <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on, on how you look at it, I guess. Oh, it but, death of Stephen but, but, but it's being replaced by the superior series, uh, Web of Scarlet Spider. Exactly. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. The Superior series. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about Time Bomb and stuff like that. Uh, let's start off with the news, um, guys. We want to talk about about the Jackal and and uh, what he's been doing in Spider Island. He has a major concussion because he doesn't remember anything at all about the original Clone <laughs> Saga. And yes. what he does remember, he remembers the opposite of. I did not give Kane the power to. I, I did not. My clone Kane does not have you know the curse of degenerating his cells. Actually, I gave his cells the power to regenerate. Yeah, because he got. Uh, for those of you that don't know, he got killed off, <clears throat> quote unquote, in Grim Hunt storyline that ran um, in 2010. He being Kane, not, he being not Kane. the Jackal. Not the, not the Jackal. Jackal no, is Jack, Jackal's alive. No one knows Jack, why. <laughs> no one knows why the Jackal's alive, because uh, technically he died in Maximum Clonage Omega. Not technically, he died. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll never be seen again. Yeah. As Ben Riley so, says in the last page of Web. Yeah, never be seen again. Nah, that's a lie. Uh, he actually did re- also return in a miniseries with the Punisher and Daredevil. Uh, I've never read that miniseries, but as far as I know, he was never... Um, it was never explained why he's alive. I'm sure that Dan Slott has the same ex- explanation for the Jackal being alive that uh, Mysterio – there is this reason that Mysterio is alive, which is, well, he's the Jackal, and uh, yeah. That's not the <laughs> official explanation, but it soon will be. No, seriously. It'll be. Oh, come on, guys. The, the guy who creates clones had somebody that looks just like him die. Come on. That's not a hard one to explain. Thank you, Dan Slott, for that wonderful cameo. He's um he he's in his old costume. Yeah, he's he's it, in his it, if if it is a costume, if that it's not his skin. Yeah. Um and there's a bunch of Miles Miles Warns running around too. Uh, Miles one through six. Spoiler by the way, spoiler alert after the fact. Um but but we at the time of this recording, we don't have the full story of Spider Island, and eventually down the line we'll probably review it because we've done no. it. No, no. It's, you know what, though? It, it, it's I mean, Clone Saga, Gerard. It's not. not, not uh, it's, uh, we've covered so much garbage already. Can't we just get to some good stuff, please? Yes, the Scarlet Spider titles coming soon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Gerard. Just a few more episodes, and we get to. Uh... We get to Ben Rally as Spider Man. Just, just hold out. Just hold Yay! out. I'm holding right. <laughs> Also, um, uh, officially, the Clone Saga trades. Last episode, I talked about the fifth trade coming out of Epic Clone Saga books. Uh, that was the final trade of the Epic Clone Saga books. And uh, you're probably wondering if you're reading along, what the heck happened? Because actually, there was a new Ben Riley Epic book number one that's out that. Uh, Predominantly features 98% of it's the Scarlet Spider era, um, the good, well, if there is any, and the bad and the ugly of that particular time in in, in the Clone Saga. Uh, but it also features a very – it ends on a high note. The final issue in that trade is uh, Sensational Number Zero. Also, uh, up on Amazon.com, I just checked. Uh, there is a solic- – it's not officially been solicited, but there is um, an epic – Book number two, with the uh, cover to Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred six, four hundred five, The original Clone Saga trade is out too, which is completely awesome. Yes, yes, it yeah, features features the original Clone Saga story as well as the the uh, the Carrion story. 
the Carrion stuff, um, the high evolutionary stuff from the 80s. It's, uh, it's, and, and then some of the other Karin stuff from when Malcolm McBride became Karin. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that's covered in that trade as well. Uh, is there any other big news? Oh, yeah, that burning hoodie thing. Want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, cause, uh, cause, uh, cause, see, okay, we had the, uh, we had the honor and pleasure of beginning to go to, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Um, myself, Batoni, and Donovan, and we went to this amazing. War, 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 war. The one person that didn't get to go was Gerard. He was there in spirit, though. Uh, well, cut the BS. No, I wasn't. <laughs> he was our inspiration. <laughs> Win one for the Gipper. <laughs> yes, indeed. But anyway, so we went to uh, San Diego Comic Con and. The uh, spider hoodie was on fire, which made which was to the the, the delight of our good friend George Berryman <laughs> from the Spider-Man crawl space, who has a certain affinity for the hoodie, if you will. He knocked on our hotel door room, our, our hotel room door, and like we opened the door, there was a burning hoodie. Right, right in yeah, the there was a, actually the image of the burning hoodie will be up on Spidey.com. Um, Originally, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I distinctly remember this. The, there was it was the burning hoodie, and then it said 2012 on it. Was I was I wrong in that? I don't I don't remember a 2012, but I almost I'm almost certain I remember a 2012. Bertoni, can we get a ruling? 2012, indeed. Thank you. So apparently there was something related to Ben Riley in 20 uh, during 2012, but they actually used that image as a promo art for Spider Island. So Spider Island, you guys keep on saying Spider Island. I don't know what that is. Uh, Spider, uh, excuse me, Spider Island hashtag. Uh, that Twitter topic trending stuff. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, that was pretty much the only Ben Riley. Oh, oh, oh! There was one other Ben Riley thing at at uh, San Diego, and it's the new three and a half inch uh, Marvel Universe figure. Which I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you this now. Is the best Scarlet Spider figure ever created? Really? I, I'm telling you, I, the, the articulation's good. The the hoodie is 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 Immaculate. absolutely spot on. The uh, the details on the figure are really really good. If you get a chance to get it, get it. It's a really good figure. Uh, the, I, I also thanks to Mr. Gerard Delatour for getting me the uh, uh, the Ben Riley. It's not the Marvel Universe, but it's the Spider-Man line Ben Riley figure. Uh, Comparatively, Gerard, the new figure is a thousand times better. The articulation is so much better on that figure, on the new figure than the. Uh, not that I, I don't appreciate <clears throat> the one you got me, but. No, that's cool. I always thought that the Marvel's three and three quarter inch figures are kind of crap anyway. Well, I just got, I just grabbed you that one because I knew you'd want it. Well, see, I, uh, I've I thought the same thing, but in terms of if this was a six inch. A six-inch figure, I would be in hog heaven. If this was a Marvel Universe figure, I, this would be definitely the perf. But as uh, one thing that kind of always bothered me about the Toy Biz Scarlet Spider figure was the uh, lack of a belt on the figure, because all it was was literally the uh, black costume repainted, and they threw a cloth hoodie on and stuck some things on his ankles and called. It- <laughs> <laughs> That's so lazy. Why, why are you laughing? This is t- this is typical of nineties playmaking, though. I mean, everything yeah. is just swaps with each other. I mean, I mean, I was looking at the uh, clones, the maximum clonage eight figure set that the Toy Biz made, 
during the time this Maximum Clone came out. Oh my god, I remember that actually. And uh, all of the figures, like like the Kane figure, the uh, Jackal figure, the <laughs> the Spider Side figure is actually a repainted Venom figure. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a repainted Venom figure with a new head. Um, and then the Jackal figure is like, uh, I think it was like a Creeper figure or something like that. I don't even remember. And then um, the Ben Riley figure was the Peter Parker figure with a new with with a new uh, with a new Ben Riley head. Uh, I think it was like a Ben Riley. Well, I I have to go look. I'll I'll, I'll try to go find it. Um, pictures of it because I. I I, I had a list back in the day that had all the all the what the figures were originally. I think I think the Kane figure was like a um, I want to say it was an Archangel figure that they clipped the wings off and, and repainted it to look like Kane. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, I saw it at, at, at the Marvel at the Hasbro toy booth in uh, San Diego. It just came out. Um, in August, this last August, so it was, it was literally just coming out. I was super excited. I had I let out a little man squeal, uh, squeal, whenever, whenever I saw it. It was it's a very good looking figure, and I'm actually holding it in my hands right now. So, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can see where the joke could come right there. Anyway, but uh, that'll uh, that pretty much covers the San Diego Comic Con. Clone Saga news, right? And the only other thing about about San Diego that really was eventful Ben Riley stuff was that I got to ask the question if Ben Riley was coming back. Steve Wacker replied no, and then started to be Steve Black Wacker and uh, break his heart, Steve. That's what Arun said. <laughs> break his heart, Steve. Yeah, that's right. I remember that part. There was there are no plans to bring back Ben Riley because uh, according to Steve Wacker he believes that all the Ben Riley stories have been told. And then Steve Wacker then proceeded to say, but that doesn't mean we won't bring him back. Because we need money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, uh that was pretty much all the Clone Saga related news and um Bertoni last year asked if Ben Riley was coming back and and uh they didn't laugh did me really? out of the room. Yeah. They didn't laugh you out of the room, no. Yeah, yeah, I did it for Zach last year. He did it for me, yeah. Thank you for Tony. So I appreciate it. Anyway, uh, moving on to the the emails. That email address still for right now. I'm going to leave it as clonesoccerchronicles@gmail.com. Um, the email address is clonesoccerchronicles@gmail.com, and uh, we have two emails this time. The first email is from Steve Scott Madsen. It says. Hello, clone heads. I finally caught up to the current, uh, caught up to current on the Clone Saga Chronicles, so I thought I'd send in a few comments. My local library is getting all the Clone Saga trades, so as those become available, I've been following along with the podcast. Spire Tires were were all on my pull list through the start of the Clone Saga, but in reading, in reading the trades, I've I am seeing that I had mentally checked out long, long before that. Thus, the trades are thus far have been extremely complete in including everything from Punal for an Octopus to new to the New Warriors issues. Someone also seems to have given some thought to the story order. They've got Plant of the Symbiotes before Trial of Peter Parker, but the flipbooks from that series much later. Perhaps one of you clone heads has figured that out. Might make for a good podcast discussion one day. It does, and he does mention that it um, Plant of the Symbiotes has like a giant gaping. 
a continuity error. It uh, doesn't make sense at all, like in continuity, because of, no. because of when everyone knows each other and yeah, uh, there's a the, the continuity gaping giant hole is uh, at one point in the story Ben Riley is sitting in in the uh, living room with with Peter and Mary Jane. Well, he hadn't met Mary Jane at that point when in continuity in the story, so it was just a giant. Try to figure that out, you know, Spider Yoda. Um, but, um, you know, Ben being on the couch with Venom in MJ's apartment, well, MJ's home, you know, you know, make, making a big deal about meeting her for the first time when in the core titles when Peter Parker was arrested for murder that he didn't commit. Uh, he said he drops – he continues on saying he drops the spy, he dropped the Spider titles from his pool list at the end of Maximum Clonage. I did this for all the reasons you've heard. Clone Saga detractors spout before. Everything's a dragged out four-parter. There's too many 90 sales stunts. Peter's not the real guy, etc., etc. So for many years, I did not have many nice things to say about the Clone Saga. Time has healed those wounds, and the enthusiasm of you clone heads had me willing to give the Clone Saga a second chance. You guys are a bit younger than me, I think. He was in college during the 90s. So he wondered if your fond nostalgia for the comics of your youth might be disagree with my post-teen aging fanboy bitterness from, that t- bitterness from that time frame. However, you guys have made little to no apologies for the bad issues. Smoke and Mirrors and Maximum Clonage received the proper critiques all around, and you guys are actually a bit harder on Judas Traveler than, than he would be. Still, <laughs> between <laughs> Smoke and Mirrors, Clonage, Peter hitting MJ, I'm not a man, just a clone, angst, and Traveler sticking out the joint, the first five trade paperbacks of the Clone Saga haven't come off looking too good. Whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you guys so fond of the Clone Saga must come in the later issues because I'm not seeing it here, and you guys aren't pulling in your any punches in your reviews either. But there is still we're glutens for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> but there is still fun to be had here and there. I'm enjoying having the trades put put the story in order in one place. The Defalco and Mateus issues are usually the best ones, and 400 was very effective. I may never be the Clone Saga fan that you guys are, but parts of it are not nearly as bad as I had made it out to be. And knowing that there's an actual end in sight eventually, I can think I think I can enjoy these books now in a way that I couldn't back then when they first came out. Yes, they do improve from here, right? Right? Well, no, they do. No, no, they really do. After the clone, after the Scarlet Spider titles, there's a mark. There's a marked improvement in the quality of the stories. Thanks for the fun podcast, guys. Scott S. Madsen. Thank you, Scott, very, very much for your uh, for your wonderful, wonderful uh, email. Guys, you got any thoughts? I think, actually, he asked um, why we like a lot of their earlier stuff after he's gone by back and read it. And I think, honestly, in all honesty, it's probably just nostalgia. Not that everything is bad or everything, but I love that – I love 90s Spider-Man just because that's when I was getting into the character, and like I, I can feel the fascination of learning new things seep back into my head when I read the old stuff. But I mean, it's not all bad, but it's probably not as good as we're making it out to be. But the nostalgia probably is bigging up a bit. Well, I mean, I think we've been trying to. We've, I mean, there's there's only been one issue in my at least in my reviews that I gave a marked market mark markably higher grade than everyone else because of the sheer nostalgia factor, which was 223 of, of uh, Spectacular. I think I gave it a C, and y'all gave it like a D- minus or something like that. 
Gerard, you you have the you have the Excel sheet. I don't know what the exact grading was, but um, I hope you're not asking me to just to double check that for you because I no. don't actually have the sheet around them. <laughs> no, uh, I, but I think I'm pretty sure that was what it was. I mean, if 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 you happen to have that handy, I didn't know if you did or not. So anyway, but um, yeah, I mean, there's this nostalgic factor with 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 anything you're reviewing when you're reviewing stuff from from when you first started reading, and so. I, I get that aspect of it, but there, I mean, there were some pretty good stories. I mean, power responsibility. Issue four hundred. Yeah, issue four hundred was a fantastic story. Still is. Still, re- st- that's one of the best issues that's held up very well. Um, it's one of the best issues of Spider-Man ever. And it's never been retconned. Never. <laughs> uh, yeah, and not only it. that, but it has it has a backup story in it where like the backup story is. The morning after Uncle Ben died, like, Aunt May and Peter talking to each other, and, like, you know, the way Aunt May feels there, it's, like, it's much different than, like, the way she, she feels years later about that night. She doesn't give Peter, like, you know, in, in that backup story about, like, where were you last night, by the way? I'm so disappointed in you. You had to bring that up, too. It's relevant to the story. That's true. That's true. And, you know, at least with me, in terms of of the issues of the clone saga. Uh, I, I like power and responsibility. I think it's a pretty good, compelling story. You got a, you know, a big reveal that, that, that was, uh, the previous month and then led Rhett directly into, uh, web one, one eighteen and it's, or one seventeen, excuse me. And you have a really compelling story where you have a guy who, who is just recovering from a mental breakdown, a nervous breakdown in Peter Parker and a guy that, you know, is recovering from it, has his own issues in Ben Riley, uh, where he's facing the ghosts of his past, of a past that he's trying to run from. And I thought, I think it's a really, it was a really compelling start to the, to the story. So I really enjoy that first, the first, that first story arc. As much as, as much as we like to make fun of Judas, uh, I escaped a 70s metal band traveler. Uh, you know, we pick on him, and it's done with love. So. What was what was his, what was Judas Chandler's friend's name? The, the, the host. The host. I am Judas Chandler. We are the host. Good night, Chicago. Did you just pull like a kiss reference <laughs> out of nowhere? I was even. That's what he comes off with, like a rock and roll dude. <laughs> anyway, because I, whenever you did that voice, I just keep thinking of the lead singer from Kiss. We love you. That sounded more like Michael Jackson than yeah. <laughs> the host. Uh, we also got, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, Joseph Karnecki. Uh, he sent this email to us saying, uh, <laughs> he puts in quotes, cricket chirps. Um, hello? I rang the bell, but no one answered myself. No one answered, so I let myself in. I hope that's cool. Is anyone here? I was just kind of wondering if the Clone Saga podcast was still going on. Uh, cons- no, we, we, we canceled it. Yeah. We, 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 it's been months now and I really enjoyed, was enjoying it. Uh, it seems that with Spider-Man, Spider-Island kicking off and bringing back the Jackal and Kane and all, feels kind of like a Clone Saga sequel. I think Ben is back in this too, but if I'm right, it sucks for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's his words, not mine. Anyway, I don't want to make, like, make a pest of myself, so I just wanted to see if, uh, what was up. So I let myself out. 
Get out of here. I never want to see you again. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, if we're talking about this email on the episode, then uh, yes, there is new episodes of Clone Saga Chronicles, and we're moving forward with a full head of steam, and we're very excited. Every Tuesday night at 9. <laughs> Every Tuesday night at 9. Hijinks will ensue. Yeah, we're we're back. We're uh, we're we'll do a Spider Island episode, I'm sure, further down the line. Uh, we may not have Gerard on because he may not be able to handle the pressure of being on the uh, Spider Island show. I'm kidding, Gerard. We, we could have him because because um, huh? I'm kidding. It was a joke. There's um uh, um there's a Spider Girl miniseries for Spider Island hashtag. Gerard Gerard will cover that right because he likes Spider Girl. <laughs> oh, oh! It's so easy to get a rise out of Gerard. Just mention Dan Slott or Spider Girl, and he starts getting you know this rage, this face of rage on his. And the uh, and when I'm, we say Spider Girl, we're really meaning the fake Spider Girl, the imposter that's stolen her name. The one that was canceled. Yeah, because I love the real Spider Girl, as you will soon find out, listeners. Wink. Nod, nudge, nudge. Did Gerard just make a pass at the audience? <laughs> yes, I did. No, Gerard just did what's, uh, what Brian would call a tease. That was the. I, I mean, geez, did, did Gerard just make a pass at the audience? Right, no, no, that was a tease. <laughs> Same. Anyway, but uh, yeah, thank you, Joseph, for your email. We're back. We're better than better than ever. Uh, by the way, I meant to do this at the top of the show. Pirate Beck, you did the remastered. Uh, intro theme, and I forgot to mention it. I think I mentioned it possibly in the Exiled episode, but I'm going to mention it again because yeah. Anyway, but uh, thank you for doing the remastered theme. So, uh, that's the that's the end of the emails, so we're finally going to get into the bulk of the episode. Time Bomb. Now, let's kind of go back a little bit. Time Bomb comes out uh, the end of September of 1995. Um, I'm doing some conf- – I'm confirming that because I'm 90 percent sure. Is that actual street date or cover date? It's it, uh, it's cover date. It's September, which means yeah, that co- street date is something else entirely. Yeah, street date was like I think two months okay. before, so it's probably July. So anyway, street uh, cover date September 1995. It came out the last week of the cover date month uh, was part one, which is Spectacular Spider-Man number 228. Bertoni, you've got the, the rundown, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay, it, this was uh, plotted by Tom DeFalco and re- written by Todd DeZago. Uh, artist is Sal Buscema. Inker is Bill Sinkevich. Uh, Sal did the cover and. Uh, I think that both of them did, uh, Sinema and Sinkevich. Yeah, Sinkevich did the inks on the cover. The cover actually wound up more threatening than they intended it to be, I know. <laughs> and there's actually a story behind this cover, too, that I'll, I'll get into after we get after yeah. we do the rundown. Alright, folks. Remember, remember a few months ago in the Clone Saga when Peter hit Mary Jane and she flew across the room? Boy, you know, someone at Marvel must have saw it and said, hmm, spousal abuse with Peter and Mary Jane. Take those few panels and make it into a two-part story. Now. <laughs> and go. Yeah. And, and, by, and, the way, and by the way, Todd, Todd, uh, we know you're writing a maximum clonage, but you have to, you have to actually write this, the story. We'll let, we'll let Tom uh, do the plotting for it. Tom, 
you know, Tom didn't want to be associated with uh, possible spousal abuse twice in the same mm-hmm. in the same calendar year. So, Spectacular Spider-Man uh, number two twenty-eight. It starts off in the middle of an action. The action, a very much alive and a very much untarantula like Kane, is chasing Mary Jane through the streets, informing her that she's gonna die. Spider-Man is not ready to become a widower, so he swings in to save her. And he, like a normal person would when a dead person's alive, apparently that doesn't happen. No bad talk about current books. Takes a, he, he questions why Kane is alive, and Kane informs Peter that it will be he who shall be Mary Jane's destroyer, and he takes off his mask to reveal the face of Peter Parker. Which actually shouldn't be surprising because he's a clone of Peter Parker anyway. But the face of Peter Parker with no scars. So so either Kang got plastic surgery or there's some psychological mumbo-jumbo going on here. Or, or, you know, um, that's just really the face of Kane. The real face of Kane later on. Just kidding. Anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Two knocks on the current books already, yeah. So this drama is enough to make Peter wake up screaming. Yes, that's right. Wake up screaming. It was just a dream. Or was it? <laughs> yes, it was. He says. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, he's actually quoting the book. It says, it was just a dream. Or was it? It was a little too intense, too real. But what did it mean? Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the or was it is so cliche. I put it in my recap. I didn't realize that was the actual dialogue of the issue. And that's when he says he accidentally hit Mary Jane. Yeah, I'm getting to that. <laughs> Peter wonders if if his dream has anything to do with his subconscious working through when he hit Mary Jane accidentally, as he tells us, but we all know better. Peter tries to hide his agitation from Mary Jane and seek solace in the mirror, but in the place of solace, his reflection only reveals the jackal. Peter goes to the Daily Bugle for work, but Robbie informs him that between repairs and editorial meetings, he has nothing for him. And then they realize that, oh, we need to fill um, three more panels on – two more panels on this page. So um, Angeli, Angelica Yen introduces herself to Peter and talks about how awesome he is. And it will have no consequence for any Spider-Man story ever. So. Well, she was in the uh, – she was part of the uh, team that was – she was with Ben whenever they were doing yeah, – Yeah, 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 she was, but it's like this scene – Read the scene. Like, what does it have to do with the rest of the book or anything upcoming? Well, maybe it was a plot a plot device that was uh, abandoned by Tom DeFalco because he would never do that. I don't know. It's 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 out of nowhere and it makes no sense. <laughs> okay, continue, continue. <laughs> I'm just commenting on the same thing. I just you know. Okay. Well, then Peter and the Jackal reenact the opening sequence to that girl. Um, for those of you who don't know, there's um. An old sitcom where, like, this uh, this girl in the opening sequence, she, like, goes up to um, window shopping and there's a mannequin and the mannequin kind of, like, winks at her and, like, she giggles. They spoofed it on Family Guy and Peter sees the mannequin that looks like him and it winks at him and then he runs off screaming. That's kind of what happens here. Peter's like, oh, mannequin. Oh, my God, it's the jackal and runs off screaming. Mary Jane then models some maternity clothes while the bigwigs discuss her future in the fashion industry. Peter then swings around in a panic when Mufasa's head shows up in the sky to tell him to return the fried rock. No, no, it's not. It's, 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 it's the jackal. Can you imagine? You must avenge my death. I mean, it's around that same time. Um... And then Rafiki tells him, yeah, no. Now, I'm I, they're going to reboot it. 
no, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's surviving. <laughs> anyway, no, it's 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 the jackal, and apparently it's a post-hypnotic suggestion triggered by when the jackal was falling to his death, and Maximum Clonage said, "When the dream ends, the nightmare begins." <laughs> The exposition in this, you know, floating Mufasa head tells us that he'll now be driven to murder the one he loves the most. And the page later, Peter walks out of Carly Cooper's apartment with blood on his hands and her neck snapped <laughs> on the ground. No. <laughs> um, actually, there's no Carly Cooper yet, so. Well, there is, uh, what is it, Cole Cooper? Yeah, Cole Cooper dies. That's who Peter loves the most. <laughs> So Mary Jane's thinking about, ooh, fashion. I'm going to be a fashion model again. She comes into the apartment, and, like, <laughs> Peter, even though, like, the lights are on, like, the way that the panel makes the lights are on, Peter's, like, sitting in the shadows, like, half out of his spider costume. Like, he's got the spider pants on and the spider gloves on, but not the shirt. Like, he took the shirt off without taking That's off the gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Petey! Honey, I'm home! Mary Jane! Mary Jane, run! Peter, what? The jackal! Oh, and he's dressed all of a sudden. Yeah! What the? I did not notice that when I recapped this. Oh, I did. That, that ah! <laughs> what the heck? That's so. One last trick. Program me to. Oh my god. To kill you! Can't fight it anymore! Mary Jane, the lamp hit me! <laughs> and Mary Jane, like. I love how Mary Jane doesn't even hesitate. There's not like a like the cliche. No, you're my husband. I won't hurt you. She just like hits him with the lamp. <laughs> hey, Bertone, you ever seen Raging Bull? No. You know that scene. You know that scene. Well, there's a scene where uh, Robert De Niro tells his brother, who's played by Joe Pesci, he just wants to. He's like, hit me in the face. He's like, hey, what? what? He's like, go ahead, hit me in the face as hard as you can. And he just stands there, just punching him for like two minutes. It's great. Uh, for some reason, I just thought of that one with this bit. But anyway. I guess, I guess it's really lost on you if you haven't seen it. I, 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 I get what you're saying, though, and how it connects, if that makes you feel better. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, Peter in his, like, Peter can't control his body so much, but he can, like, you know, he can, like, talk and, like, say, no, call the Avengers or the FF. So, instead of calling the experienced heroes who might be able to, like, you know, put a lid on this and, like, a you know, with scientists that could, like, cure Peter, like, in a few panels. Mary Jane calls the new warriors. The D-list superhero group. Yeah. Okay. Can we explain why? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, no, we'll, we'll explain why, but it's still like, well, okay, I don't buy why, too, because Mary Jane actually says, like, the Avengers or the FF, they would, they would probably kill Peter. Like, no, the Invisible Woman would encase Mary Jane in an invisible force field so Peter can't kill her. Then, you know, the thing or someone would restrain, and the Human Torch would restrain Peter. They'd put him in one of Mr. Fantastic's, like, machine thingies. They'd put a helmet on his head, and then he'd be purged of the jackals. Uh, well, she, you know. she she read she read early uh, Stan Lee, Spider-Man, where the Avengers and the FF probably would kill Spider-Man, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a comparison. I don't know. It's... Anyway, it, I, I don't have a comparison for this right now. It's late, but she uh, she calls the new warriors because um, because she knows that Ben Riley is part of the team and he'll know how to stop Peter. So we get a boring scene of the new warriors training, which is thankfully interrupted by Mary Jane calling them in search of the Scarlet Spider. She explains her situation and tells them which subway uh, 
Oh, no, yeah, she explains her situation, and they tell her which subway the board that would lead them close to their headquarters. Peter chases Mary Jane, and we get the whole, like, thing of, like, oh, I'm going to get you. Oh, I missed her. I lost her. And then, like, in little letters, thank God. And then the new war, Mary Jane and the new warriors and Spider-Man, they finally all wind up in the same place. And uh, remember how much we loved when Peter hit Mary Jane across the room. Let's read some. Oh yeah, we loved it so much. Let's see, where's where's that where's that line of dialogue? I I made a note to read this one on the show just because of how how horrible it was. Which one was it? Where he talks about crushing her windpipe. Oh yeah. Can't fight overwhelming command driving me the fine Mary Jane. Can't stop till I no snapped her neck. Crushed her Oh I guess not windpipe. Life out of her. Please no. It won't let me stop until my wife is dead. Okay. So they all wind up in the same place at the And then Spider Man, you know, basically begs them to beat him up. Uh he says <laughs> I can't fight you. I I can't. I'll fight you if you get in my way, but I have to kill her. Please stop me. With Mary Jane crying is like he has he has his hand on her wrist squeezing and it says to be continued in the pages of Web of Spider-Man 129. Be there. Okay. So uh we'll go with Gerard and his thoughts with this. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> this is this is a bad one, man. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I know that they that they want to make the new warriors. They're trying to integrate them into the Spider-Man books or whatever because because that made so much sense when they did it. But okay. <laughs> yeah, like for some reason they just decided to fold it into that editorial office. But the way that they shoehorn them into the story makes no sense at all. At all. Like 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 Bertoni said. Like she he would go she would go to like somebody like the FF or maybe the Avengers to take care of this. These guys are like the baby Avengers, basically. So like they're not even, they're any, not even baby Avengers. They're like they're like below baby Avengers. But like so like if anybody would like recklessly injure Peter by accident, it would be these guys, not you know experienced superheroes who've been around forever and know the guy. <laughs> but, Except the Spider Island where they don't know. Him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I had to. Was, you know what? <laughs> uh, it's it, it, it's gonna happen. We can't help it. Let's just let's just. Accept it and roll with it. <laughs> let, let, let the references come. come now. <laughs> and by the way, you know that scene where they're in the New Warriors. What, what the hell? That's stu- the crash pad. What a stupid name. You know what's funny though? I, I, like, like this is not secret, but there was. I went to a party, like, like I moved back into school party, and it was a place called the Crash Pad. <laughs> I, I didn't well, see just flying around, but you know, it was, it was basically, there was no uh, okay. There was no uh, turbo. Uh, <laughs> but I really, I really need your guys' help on this. What is going on in that scene? Because there's two of them are fighting, and then like off panel, like are they like setting dinner? Because like for some reason, Firestar has like dinner plates or something. I don't know if it's ever adequately explained. What, what the f- going on? Like, do, are they just having like a random like brunch in the middle of their training area or something? Maybe like, like the maybe the plates are actually like fighting discs. Oh, let me. They're not. <laughs> It's pretty clearly a tray with like dinner plate, like like dinner plates on it. Let, let me turn back to the page because how will, they, how will we eat the burgers now? <laughs> yeah. 
Also, I mean, that would, that would make sense if, like, uh, the, it's Firestar. Like, she doesn't use plates in, like, her power gimmicks or whatever. Well, I don't like, know. I wasn't it. reading New Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she's Firestar. She doesn't need that shit. Maybe they're practicing, like, you know, like, okay, you know, this is the drill where we fight inside of a restaurant. <laughs> Break as little plates <laughs> as possible. Firestar, you'll be playing the ditzy waitress. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Angelica Jinx. Miss Angelica Jinx. I know. <laughs> oh, you know what happened? The plates are gonna go right next to the uh, the trophy that that's in the ca- in the cabinet <laughs> yeah, that she has the key well to. Played. Well played. <laughs> but okay, other things, I mean the art is it's not as bad as, as some of the earlier Busema Sinkevich issue, but it's still below par for me. I, I really don't like this. But the the biggest problem I have with this issue is that really stupid and, and contrived way that Peter is conditioned or whatever. I mean, in retrospect, of course, it doesn't make any sense because we know he's not the clone. Well, he, he still could have been given a post-hypnotic suggestion somehow. Yeah, but then you start getting into really, you know, when did this happen? How did it happen? It it raises too many questions. And then if his post-hypnotic suggestion works by having a trigger word or maybe two trigger words, like the entire sentence that the jackal has to spit out in order for the trigger to work, like I don't know why. I just find that funny because it's such an absurdly long phrase that, like, well, you're falling to your death. Yeah, no. He has to, like spit out like this long before he he lands. But I don't know. This issue stunk, man. Oh man. But the, there's one there's one thing that I did like though, which is and I know it's a really minor and kind of silly thing. But the whole business with Mary Jane, you know, modeling or whatever, and then they're like, you know, we'll sign her to a long term contract, you know, whatever. And it begins to set the stage for you know Peter and Mary Jane being shunted off stage left or whatever yeah. and it kind of, it, at the very least it's sort of trying to build something that might be the only thing in this story that's relevant going forward when you think about it but uh, I, I'm not even going to touch that uh, that line that that uh, I think it's Peter says when yeah. he's sitting that yeah. uh, where, where, where he just sort of because I know Bertone's going to be all over this, where he sort of tell, says that, well, when I accidentally hit Mary Jane the other day, I, I'm going to step aside and let Bertone take care of that one. But that's the, that, for some reason, I liked that acknowledgement, but well, that's because I, I'm a shipper all the way. So. Shipper? <laughs> oh, now you're bringing... No, you did not no, no what are you do doing that. here? You did not just bring the phrase shipper. Hello, friend! Still <laughs> <It's no laughs> opponent. So, so, so overall, I would say it's like a D minus kind of issue. It's pretty bad. It's not it, the the next one is pretty entertaining, but this one it was not. Okay, so well, Donovan, what's your thoughts? Um, I don't know. If it's because of, it's because of like it's been a while since we recorded, or it's just because of this the maximum clone crap that we've had to review. But this issue isn't this issue is obviously not good. But I I wasn't really like hating on this issue as much. It didn't seem like it was awful to me. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't, you know, I wish this never existed. It's bad, but I don't know. I wasn't really, like, um, incensed with it as much. It, it didn't get much of a, a reaction from me. I, I would agree with Gerard. The Bissima Sienkiewicz uh, art team 
it's not as grimy and gritty as it usually is. I mean, there's a lot of like heavy inks and shadows where there doesn't need to be. I think it was either Gerard or, or Bertone that said that like when Peter's sitting in the couch, for some reason, like half his body's in, in deep dark shadow when it's a bright day and broad daylight and the lights are on. Like, but but there's still <laughs> he's sitting a foot away from a lamp in that scene, <laughs> a lit lamp for all intents yeah. and purposes. It, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, like story wise, this is very bare. I mean, there's nothing really to talk about, and it's it's false. It's 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 unresolved tension. No, 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 no. That's not the right word. It's unneeded tension because for some reason the jackal thought it would be funny if Peter went to kill the person he loves the most, and that's it. Like like. The Jackal programmed me to kill Mary Jane. No! 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 It's like that for like the entire two issues, and it's it's even worse than the next issue because the worst issue, the next issue, that all they do is talk talk about the situation without really doing anything about it. But um, nah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's not a great plot, but it's I don't know. It, I guess it's to me, it's it's one of those like old issues that doesn't really do anything, but at the same time. It's not a bad issue. It just it's just kind of there. The 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 new warriors are sort of pampered in here because Marvel wants to promote them, but yeah, it's whatever. I, I was I I remember when they were out. I, I remember when they were not popular but prominent, and I kind of kind of flashed before seeing those guys. But um, I thought this was this was this was this was mediocre to me. This wasn't awful. This wasn't horrible. I don't really have a, have any uh disdain for the Peter Parker line where he says when I accidentally hit Mary Jane because we've gone over that in the great debate and Josh can hit, take it um, <laughs> I, but I mean it wasn't good but it wasn't bad so I'll just give it a flat C what did you did you give it a grade Gerard yeah I said it was a D minus for me okay Bertoni what are your thoughts on, uh, on this issue I don't know why everyone thinks I'm gonna have a lot to say about the hit thing. I mean, it's I it's pretty much like yeah, he's in denial. The writers are in denial, and the writers want to say, by the way, it was an accident. You know, Peter would never, never hurt Mary Jane. Now, stay tuned for a two-part story where Peter tries to murder her and says things like "must crush the life out of her and snap her neck." But okay, but when he uh, hit her the other time. It was an accident. Now, okay. Okay. Oh, by, the, by the way, I, I do want to say this. Uh, it is talked about in life of, the Life of Riley um, series with Glenn Greenberg. He he actually says, you may recall that I described several weeks ago uh, at the time of the writing how skittish Marvel had become about showing any violence real or perceived against women in the books following the scene in Spectacular 226, which Peter supposedly slapped Mary Jane in a fit of rage. Yet this storyline, which revolves around Peter unwillingly threatening Mary Jane, was still done. It's pretty safe to say that Time Bomb was too far along in terms of story and art when the doo-doo hit the fan over Spectacular 226. And the storyline had to be significantly changed or canceled altogether. However, the cover of 228, was, uh, which showed an unmasked Spider-Man menacing Mary Jane, was extensively revised so that Peter would not look too threatening. He looks pretty damn threatening anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? You mean this is the lightened version? I hate seeing what this will look like. Well, so, he, he was gonna I, like... I have something to say about that, actually. Um, I don't really mind like this as a plot, because it's not as though Peter's... Like, okay, I think there is a little much with him describing how much he wants to kill her by by, by visualizing the way he, the means of him trying to kill her, but it's it's a typical plot where... You know, someone's trying to someone's hypnotized to kill somebody they don't want to. It happens to be his wife. It's not as though we have like imagery of her being killed. 
So I, I don't think that this is as, this is as bad as actually showing it. I really I really don't. I don't, I don't think wait, wait. We've seen image of imagery of her being killed. Every the time. cane flash, the cane thing. The cane flashbacks is like, well, not, oh no, the, the mood of Mary Jane. What can well, I do? We've seen her body. It's not like we've seen images of her being shot by the mafia or anything. Okay, sure. Anyway, but uh, he says, uh, Glenn Greenberg says he originally believed that uh, one of the hands was clenched in a fist while his other hand was, grap- was gripping Mary Jane's wrist. In the final version, his hand was not clenched in a fist. So oh. continue. And there is no second hand, so he's not even grabbing her wrist at all. He's not even touching her in this man in the cover. He's scratching his leg. <laughs> well, anyway, it's um. Yeah, it makes you wonder what he's doing with that hand. You know, now very... that I think about it, you don't see his crotch either. Oh hmm. no. Hmm. I'm not. I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Too far. I, uh, <laughs> I have a dirty mind. I'm sorry. So do I, but still too far. <laughs> the very um, the very idea of this story, like Peter tries to kill Mary Jane, like that should have never gotten past that that that, that should have never gotten past planning. So like the story loses some points on that alone. The art with like the shirt which appears and disappears. Yeah. The Angelica Yin scene, which has no consequence at all and like no reason to be there and. That that was weird, and it's just it's just like a weird moment to take you out of the story, and it, it's acting like it's going to set up for something that never happens. Now, <laughs> that's never happened before. So Mary Jane calls the New Warriors because she's trying to get in touch with Ben. Cool. Um, that, that that that's the explanation for why they're in the story. Did she try his home first and like see where trained like did? Did she try the new warriors first? She would trade was not there. You've reached the f- you've reached the apartment <laughs> of, of Ben Riley and she would trade Like and, and and he wasn't there apparently. So like, you know, she I I can understand she was in a rush, but like it's just like that it's just very the the whole thing of her calling the new warriors, it was a contrived way to get them in the book. And the reason that they gave was contrived as well, because if she wanted to track down Ben, I don't think she would call the new warriors first, because hey, she has the benefit of knowing his secret identity. And and as Peter Parker says in the animated series, I had the benefit of knowing his home address. So What? It's well, it, it's a line he you, says in the when, when, you, when you say uh I don't mean to interrupt your recap, but when you say that the story sh- should never have been done. Like, like, why, why do you think that? It's about Peter chasing his wife, trying to kill her. Yeah, I mean, it's well, not as though, like, yeah, it's not as though he's actually like, like, you know what? I don't like my, my wife right now. Let me try to kill her. It's not like that. Yeah, but the implications of that and like Peter trying to fizz, it's. Without it's, context, it looks really bad because you got page after page of the protagonist of the book trying to kill his wife, and he's drawn like really real. Like the art doesn't make it any better. Like he he <laughs> he, he he's drawn like a madman. Like this actually, you know, this was a bad idea. But if it was, if the writing was better, this actually could have been really cool. Like you could have like seen Peter's conflict, like the emotional struggle, and like you know, which they and tried I to do. The guilt of Peter Parker telling himself no. Yeah, uh, that, 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 that's that's where I fall. If this was a this this could potentially be a, an interesting story, but it's just like a 
misogyny 2000 or it's it's just not it's just i i don't feel that that's a story that should be told just like you know what you know it's like the, the jackal could you know give peter a post-hypnotic suggestion to cut the heads off of puppies that wouldn't make it a good story it's, we did kill some puppies on this show by the way oh we did yeah it's been a while it's been a while man and well, hannah montana we didn't kill hannah did we kill hannah yeah anyway anyway then then Back to this we, book. No, we didn't kill her. We didn't kill her. She ter- we we turned her into a slut. The, the shirt that appears and disappears, <laughs> and just it's this story probably could have been a lot better if you know. And the I'm going to have to give it. Yeah, I'm giving it a D, and just because I I really don't feel like giving an F the first episode. <laughs> D. So D. Don, what was your grade? C. C. D. C. D minus. I'm going to give this this issue a D as well. Uh, this was not a great great issue. Uh, artwork uh, was better. Um, it was it's a lot better than the orig- the earlier Simkevich works. But uh, Peter Parker looks like he's you know a serial killer throughout half this half this. But, yeah, but well, uh, this, that is relevant to the plot though. I mean, that's, that's not by accident. No, it's not by accident, but, like, should Peter it's Parker the, look it, like it, a serial see, killer? I, I, I'm, I'm starting to have a kind of a disconnect between, like, the like, like this is this is the plot, though. He is hypnotized to, to go after Mary Jane. It's not fantastic, but that is, like, the point of the story. Mm-hmm. So when that point of the story is, is actually doing what it's supposed to do, I would disconnect with, with problems that, that is, that's actually what's going on. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the problem with the story at its core. Yeah, it, it, it the art fits the story, but at the end of the day, the story is still ill-conceived, so... Like, I yeah, guess I, that's I agree where that. you're coming from, right, Bertone? I just have a problem with the story at its very core, then. There are stories yeah. that... I mean, when, this is one of those stories where they say, you know, what can you tell with a married Spider-Man? You can tell a story with a married Spider-Man about him trying to kill his wife. You can't tell that with a single <laughs> Spider-Man. You can try to, try to kill his girlfriend. Right, well, which is a completely different context. Well, when you when you have a girlfriend, you're not single, actually. Ask Facebook. <laughs> Says according to the government, you're single. Anyway, hold on. Moving a- on. Am I still listed as single? Yeah, you, you had the whole thing about that on Facebook. I like being single. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, <laughs> it, it's it, it's not April first because you so you're not engaged. Yeah, it's like every most, year on April 1st he gets engaged. The most epic April Fool's joke ever. Bertoni, just as a side note, if I ever pulled that on my Facebook, I would die. Like my parent, my my whole family would come after me like Uzis and machine guns. Going, where the well, hell is she? I figured you my would... parents would know I was joking. I sent an email to my grandparents so that they would know because, like, you know, hey, it's my grandparents. Everyone else, I, I kind of let suffer. Uh. Isn't this a fantastic issue, guys? The final <laughs> issue of of Web of Spider Man number one twenty nine, written by Dezago. Hang on, let me let me look. Uh, the plot by Defalco, script by Dezago. <laughs> Defalco was plotting this again. Dezago was like writing everything here, wasn't he? Yeah, he was writing two titles. Well, no, it's because Webb didn't have a writer at this point, right? Yeah, because uh, Kavanaugh had actually left, so they, they didn't have time to get a new writer in. And this is the last issue anyway, so... Dude, there's free overpower! Card game inside! Card games! Awesome! 90s! <laughs> Tubular! <laughs> Eek the cat! 
Oh, that reminds me of something I forgot to mention for 228. If I can go back for a second. Sure. In the, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this in the other, in the previous episode when we were covering, what was it, Exiled? Yeah. Bertoni, something that you should like. This is the month that, uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man debuted. Uh, oh, yeah. And they is. have a, and they have a large blurb about it in the, uh, Oh, quote unquote webnet, which I guess is their Spider-Man page. You can't yeah. see me so right like now. The Bulletin's one. You can't see me right now, mm-hmm. but I just took a deep breath, let it out slowly, and I'm like leaning back, feeling all zen. <laughs> That's the greatest Spider <laughs> story he's never told. Uh, it's the best title out of all of these Spider-Man titles. <laughs> Pretty well, actually, uh, I, I I love those web things because I read them in um I read them in Untold Tales like and it would tell you like all the books that were coming out like let me look at this because like there was a lot of Spider-Man books because like Venom had like three series at a time I think at that point the Great <laughs> Goblin series was out and then like yes, they would yes, include yes, trade yes. paperbacks in there and it was like you know. Coming soon, Spidey meets Doctor Doom. That month, Unlimited 10 came out, 62, Web 128, Amazing 405. It was the same month as uh, Spectacular 228. Then you had New Warrior 63, Lost Years number 2, Untold Tales number 1, and Ruins number 2. Ruins is an alternate universe story written by Warren Ellis. Because I didn't know what it was. It was, the, uh, it was like it was like an alternate flip version of Marvels, basically. Where instead of everything going well, everything went to crap. By the way, the title of this book is called uh, Run for Your Life. Does anyone know what that's in reference to? Aside from actually running for your life. The Beatles no. hit song that Yoko Ono wrote. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, Yoko Ono didn't write it, but yes, there's a Beatles song called Run for Your Life, and it's about John Lennon trying to murder his girlfriend. <laughs> the, the, the very first line of the song is, I'd rather see you dead with little girl than to be with another man. And, like, the chorus is, you better run for your life if you can, little girl. Hide your head in the sand. Catch you with another man. That's the end, little girl. You can't see my face right now, but I'm, like, like, like furrowing my brow and just... <laughs> oh, this yeah, was... my mouth is a Only, only, uh, only can find a Beatles, uh, obscure Beatles reference. It's not that obscure, though. Like, this is, it's, it's a semi... No, 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 it's, it's not that obscure to you. It's obscure to everybody else in the room right now. <laughs> you know, anyway. it's, 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 it's like, it's like a two minute song. Go on, go on YouTube, you know. We'll be here when you get back, you know. Listen to this song. It's, um, and this is like, this isn't what you're probably thinking. Oh, it's probably one of those like later Beatles songs back when they had like the long hair and we're doing lots of drugs. Like, no, this is back like before <laughs> Sgt. Pepper. This is. <laughs> This, this, is, this, this is from the same album that has Baby You Can Drive My Car. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Baby yeah. You Can Drive My Car, stay tuned for our song about domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So we're getting with a web 128. Plot by Tom DeFalco. Script by Todd DeZago, Stephen Butler with the breakdowns, Randy Emberline, Emberline, Emberlin, Emberlin, <laughs> finishes, uh, Kevin Tingsley with the colors. He was doing. Remember me talking about Malibu doing the color separations, and Bob Bushansky, chief, and uh, we yeah, the, the uh, rundown man, Mister Bertoni, <laughs> and instead. Of- 
<laughs> and the title of this issue is By My Hand, Mary Jane Must Die. And no, that's not a Beatles song. <laughs> How awesome would that have been? <laughs> on the on the cover, Spider-Man is lifting up the Scarlet Spider and about to throw him off the building. And apparently, out of all those new warriors that we saw last issue, only three of them actually care. Speedball Justice and like Firestar, like, no, don't throw the Scarlet Spider. You know, which isn't isn't this all about? Aren't they supposed to be protecting Mary Jane? I don't know. Maybe she's already dead. Actually, I like the art on this cover. This is a really really cool cover. Um, I, love, I love the artwork throughout this entire issue. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's not my turn, but I'm just saying. Oh no, it's cool. We start off um, with the Scarlet Spider. He he's now at the New Warriors headquarters. You know, which he wasn't when MJ called, so maybe she should have called his house. But then we would have had an excuse for a team up. He's conversing with everyone's favorite character, Carlton, aka Hindsight, the Cyber Cowboy, which is actually what the caption says. So they're ta- so he basically updates him on everything that's going on. And then we get a big opening splash page of Mary Jane mid-scream with the narration. Her name is Mary Jane Parker. Maybe I should do it like William Dozier style. Her name is Mary Jane Parker. And currently, she is concerned for the life of her husband, which is surprising considering that he's doing everything within his power to kill her. And he's got quite a few powers. After all, he is the amazing Spider-Man, programmed with a post-hypnotic command years ago by the Jackal. It wasn't until the Jackal uttered his dying words. Oh my god, even William Dozer wouldn't be able to read this stuff. (laughs) Triggering the genetic imperative, compelling Peter Parker to kill the person he loves the most. And he loves Mary Jane very much. (laughs) Stan Lee presents Time Stan, Lee. Stan Lee had everything to do with this Stan Lee proudly presents with his own two hands <laughs> By my hand Mary Jane must die Time Bomb Part 2 Spider-Man begs the new warriors to beat him so that Mary Jane can get away. Scarlet Spider reaches the scene, and Mary Jane explains everything to him, which already was, but as uh, she rushes away in a taxi, Spider-Man beats up the new warriors like the chumps they are. (laughs) What did I say? Okay. And now, once again, for the first time ever in the Clone Saga, we have Peter versus Ben. The first time ever. Thank you, thank you, you, modern day comic book writers. So Mary Jane gets in her. uh, I'm I'm trying to cue it up to this page. (laughs) This is actually funny. Like Spider-Man rips off the roof of the cab, and he like reaches for Mary Jane's skull. I'm sorry, MJ. I'm so sorry, but I can't beat him, honey. I can't beat the Jackal's ghost. Scarlet Spider saves Peter in time, and Mary Jane, you know, drives the abandoned taxi because the taxi driver was about it. He's like. All right, Jackal, you want ghosts? Well, I've got a few ghosts of my own. Why is Mary Jane crossing the Williamsburg Bridge? Oh, no. I, I know where she's going. The new warriors and the Scarlet Spider continue to chase Peter as he realizes where Mary Jane is heading, as Zach uh, he begs them to kill him before he hurts Mary Jane, and then Riley ponders if it's the only way. So, the, the uh, excuse me, yeah. they all gather in Queens, and the, and Spider-Man manages to lose the New Warriors in the sewer, where of course he knows where Mary Jane's going, and he shows up in the house. And I'm trying to skip it to that page. Mary Jane, MJ, please run. 
No, Pete. We can't run anymore. You can't run away <laughs> from a ghost. You can't run away from memories. I know we can fight this, Peter. I have faith in us. I have faith in you. And then, in one of the worst pictures of Mary Jane I've ever seen, that one where like she's crying on the chair, like, ah, oh, it doesn't look like her at all. It's so bad art. Ah. I'm so scared, Peter. I know you can fight this, but if you can't, I forgive you. I love you. You're everything to me, Peter. And I decided, if the jackal's ghost is too strong, if I'm about to die, I'd want it to be here, surrounded by the memories of the ones who loved us. Surrounded by the ones, <laughs> surrounded by the ones who loved us. The ones who made us who we are. The ones who gave us strength. Find that strength, honey. Use it to fight him. You're not his pawn, Peter. Remember who you are in your head and in your heart. <laughs> As Peter, like, has flashes of, like, the jackal and his memories growing up. Rawr! The jackal in his O-face. And Peter, with the memories of who you are, of who we are. And then Peter snaps Mary Jane's neck and says, <laughs> <laughs> That feels so much better. <laughs> Oh, well, now, now, now to go kill Robbie, because he's the one who I love the most. No, 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 but actually, the jackal's ghost, like, fades away, like, in Peter's head, like, metaphorically, like, dissolves in the smoke, and is replaced by, like, images of his family as he hugs Mary Jane on the ground. Ben, yeah. Ben swings away, because he was watching in the window the whole time, you know, just to see how this would play out. <laughs> and is assured that the jackal is dead for good and will never, ever come back. And I'm not exaggerating. He's like, yep, one thing's for sure. That jackal sure is dead. He's not going to be revived. That's not going to happen at all. And if it did, it would probably have an explanation. <laughs> one, But there's only one thing I haven't figured out. What will I tell the new warriors? Executive producer John Semper. <laughs> As we did, many thanks and a fond farewell to the departing Stephen Butler. Oh, we like Stephen Butler. Join us in 30 days for the brand new chapter and the brand new Spider in Web of Scarlet Spider number one. But first, we have some other storylines, but that's the next issue of Web, Web of Scarlet Spider. But first, the greatest responsibility. Yeah. Web, it's, you know, we started in the first issue with Peter... Killing that alien costume in the church, a scene that's so iconic it's been adapted many times in the many media. Then we had, you know, such classic stories like Peter and Joy Mercado go globe hopping that everyone doesn't remember. You know, and then of course the story about how Ned Leeds was a scientist working with the Rose and um yeah, the Rose we and have, we have the we have the uh the the, the paint uh the artist that was the villain that the by various paints or something like that. Oh, Art Attack, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, lots of lots of memories in web. Let's see, we had a uh, Betty Spider Brandt joins a cult. Betty Brandt, Betty Brandt joins a cult. Yes. Betty, Betty Brandt, Betty Brandt gets punched in the face <laughs> by a cop. <laughs> You're forgetting one of the most important stories of Spider-Man's history, facade. Oh, sauce. The classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the classic story of who was yeah. facade. That was, um, who, by the way, who was Facade again? Oh, we don't know. It was, um, hold on. It was Dexter Bennett. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, actually, who's someone that recently died? Because I remember someone joked that like that person was facade, like the person that who's who, who's died recently. It was Sarah Eric or whatever. <laughs> who was jackpot? Marla Jameson was facade. She built Spider Slayers after all. <laughs> uh, what else has happened in Web? You know, because Web is pretty much like you know the ugly stepchild of the Spider titles. Uh, the bastard step. It, 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 it had some good stories, and because it's, you know, 11.36 at night, I'm probably forgetting most of them now, but Webb, it's, uh, uh, let's see, was Webb where Howard Mackey did that story where, like, Betty Brand the has the harmony, or armor? Yes, I should, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, he gave Betty Brand guns. Yeah. He made, yeah. Webb made Ned Leeds a scientist and Betty Brant's an assassin. So, you know, it's. <laughs> I mean, what other book Ned can claim. Ned Leeds a scientist? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, Science? Oh, Webb is where we first got our Eddie, our first Eddie Brock cameo yeah, when he pushed Peter into that train. Which was kind of a feminine looking head. Just saying. Oh, yeah. How can you even tell? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, there was some. Oh, you know, it, it, it. I think that's when Peter got drunk. You know, and fought the hobgoblin. No, that 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 that, that was classic. What a, what a cherished memory that is. Oh, and, and we finally saw Mr. Muggins and Peter. You know, after years of sexual tension, kisses Mrs. Muggins at the end of that story. <laughs> there was some. Uh, I, I should really cheat and go on the Spider Fan and look at. Uh, Let's let's look at our memories of Web. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. This is important. This is the end of a very important title. A very important title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, Web of Spider Man. This is this 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 is a sentimental moment. This is not the beginning. This is not the end, though. You you still have four more issues. It's just been retitled (laughs) with a new number one. Exactly. I mean, they needed to clear this book out of the way to make way for the. Uh, another classic, Sensational Spider-Man, which was actually hey, I like good Sensational for a Spider-Man. few months. I make no apologies for that. Oh, I, I, so did I, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. That was, it was yeah, really so good so for a few months. And, and ironically yeah. enough, Stephen Wacker has reused um, – they've reused both both title names in the last oh, – When did they reuse Sensational? It was Marvel Knights, then it became Sensational. Oh, well, St- Stephen Wacker was the editor on Marvel Knights? Uh, no, he was editor in Friendly Neighbors. Oh, oh, the the the, the spider armor. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. you. Uh, he oh. was. He was. I'm sorry. He was the editor of Friendly Neighborhood towards the end of its run. Yeah, spider armor. Um, Lance Bannon died. It's a facade. <laughs> yeah, nobody cared. It's like, okay. Oh, that, 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 there's also that storyline in Web. I was talking about this with some other guys on the like, where like they tease that Robbie and Betty were having an affair, and then it turned out that they weren't having an affair. They were just like writing an expose on Marla Madison. That would be uh, the sandstorm, sandstorm story. That would be a more Kavanaugh awesomeness. Yeah, the fact that I know that it just makes me sad and a little bit on the inside. Let's see what else. I don't know. We can. You, you guys can. I, I, I'm, I'm going to look up different issues of Web while you guys talk about how awesome this book was. Okay, so Gerard, we'll go with you first. Again? Come on. No, 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 no not again. Not again. We'll go. <clears throat> Edit. Are, are, are you for serious? <laughs> yes, I am for serious. Uh, Donovan, go first. Okay. Um, Time Bomb Part 2, the last issue of Steve Butler. 
I actually didn't like this issue as much. <laughs> I like this issue less than I did uh, the last issue because the entire issue consists of everybody freaking about freaking out about the situation at hand, and nothing really gets accomplished and, uh, until the very end, where we get a very tacked on and ridiculous uh, ending with with Mary Jane. Mary Jane, I don't like. I like Mary Jane as a character. I like her as uh, Peter's uh, lover and wife and all that. I don't like this kind of appearance of Mary Jane because I don't know if it's the, the crazy hair, but she's written very blandly, I suppose. I mean, she's pro- she's proactive and everything, but she's almost – I mean, she's almost you, – you can make her any other character that's not Mary Jane because she doesn't have any of Mary Jane's defining personality characteristics besides – I don't know. It, I mean, I feel that so she could be she could be written a lot more interesting than she is, and she really isn't. So when Spider Man is trying to kill her and finds her like sitting in the couch, like you know, like like Ernst Stavros Blofeld style, like, been, <laughs> it's almost like Gwen Stacy in, in the Maximum Clone. It's like I've been waiting for you, Spider Man. It's it's it's. it's it is it's sort of symmetrical in that way, isn't it? I don't know. It, it it looks it looks corny. Um. And the, and the ending itself, it's very – this clone saga has had a lot of moments where Peter has to like look inside himself and find out the person that he is has people who love him, and he loves them. And there's this big love fest going on with all the love between family and, and the lovers that who love the loved ones. And I think by this time, it's getting seriously played out. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I, I believe in uh, love and destiny and all that, all that crap. But really, in this story, it's almost – it's honestly, it's honestly to the point of parody. Like you know, fight him in your head because we love you. It's it's that's like almost like 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 an anime level sort of like uh, like kind of gushiness in terms of in terms of storytelling. It's very very. Well, it's, <sighs> it's not tangent. It's not it's not um tangible. It's it's like oh Peter oh Peter beat the jackal. How did he do it? He did it with love. It's like come on. Now. Well, you know, I mean, he can save Aunt May with the power of love. I was waiting for who, who I was wondering who was gonna go there. I was biting my tongue so it wouldn't be me, but then you had to do it. Hey, I'm the host. I can do whatever the heck I want. And I'm the editor, so I can make you say whatever you want. <laughs> That's true. I like the I like the art a lot, but I didn't like the images of the jackal randomly behind Spider Man to remind us that he was under the jackal control because the jackal looks like I don't want to I don't want to be I could be more inappropriate than I am, but he looked really really odd like. The first time, he's like he looks like he's enjoying this a little too much. Hey, he looks, he, he, <laughs> you, you, you're gonna make me say it. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, he, he, he's like he's like ah blah, blah. like he's it's his slobbering mouth, and especially when Peter like pushes him out, it, it just it, it looks uncomfortable. And <laughs> it's almost not even. Not okay, even yeah, I know, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It took you that long, Zach. Yeah. It's like, what is he to? Oh, oh! It looks like he has his cargo pizzazz. There we go. Oh no! But, but like, I don't know. It, 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 I almost think the story got away from the creators as if it was that powerful. But it's almost like, how else can you write this, really? No, adult? this 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 story was what we call filler. I know it's filler. It but still, it was. It's not. The ending is supposed to be emotionally powerful, and it's cheap. Because of the brevity of the situation, like how ridiculous it is, uh, he's killing me. You don't know, stop me from killing her. I mean, they they do that even more so here, and I just 
I didn't feel anything. This issue, this, this is the main thing. The issue wanted you to feel something, and it you can't because it's not important. It doesn't have any long-lasting ramifications. It's it's pre- precipitated on bullcrap with this whole post-it not a suggestion, and it just wasn't very fun to read. So I'm giving this a D. D. So you gave D and a C to the the story, so that averages out to a C minus. Okay. Uh, Too bad. Gerard, your turn. Don, you and I are just having opposite day today. I actually really like this one. Good. Not because it's good, because it isn't, but because it, but because it's so bad that I actually got a lot of amusement out of reading it. Like for whatever reason, this is, this issue was extremely entertaining. I mean, the actual good part of it, yeah, the, the artwork is very kinetic and bright and colorful and stuff like that. And I like it, you know, except for that weird panel that Josh is talking about where he walks in and Mary Jane's sitting on the couch or whatever. She's and... got, like, triple D boobs. I'm just... Yeah, she, she, she's saving him with the power of boobs. Like, he, he, why is Spider-Man at, like, a 45-degree angle? Is the floor slanted in that one spot for some reason? <laughs> I don't know. What, 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 what kind of perspective is going on there? <laughs> Says the artist of the, of the, of the, of the show. That's, that's You're going to be the one that's going to point that out, because I would have never thought that until you said that. Either that, or it's supposed to be he's upright, but suddenly she's really leaning back in the chair, like it turned into a recliner in the la- oh, Whatever, I'm going on hey, about this for too long. Well, it's supposed to be symbolic of the fact that, you know, the very <laughs> foundation of the Parker house is unstable, because the very foundation of the Parkers, you know, with Aunt May not there to hold them together, everything just comes apart. So, like, it's actually a really interesting no, artistic choice. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the 60s Batman, they always used to shoot the villains at 45-degree angles because they're, quote-unquote, crooked. Twisted, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bam. Biff. Pow. <sighs> again, Mr. Spider-Man. <laughs> As she pets her white cat. <laughs> the, the new warrior is getting the crap beat out of him is actually really funny especially especially the part where speedball's like don't worry guys i got this and like three panels later spider-man just like obliterates him and i don't i don't got this <laughs> pow no you don't and uh i mean like in general this is almost sort of like the uh for people that can, might like this thing this is like the big stupid action movie of, like, Spider-Man comics. It's the Michael Bay of Spider-Man comics. I was avoiding saying that because I hate Michael Bay's movies. It's very 90s. From the makers of Maximum Clonage. (laughs) Michael Bay presents Time Bomb. They thought that the Jackal was out of their lives. They thought he was dead in the ground. And then, like, the music stops. They thought wrong. And then, like, music starts playing really fast as, like, there's, like, a frame-by-frame, like, shot of, like, the new Warriors and Peter. (laughs) Now, Mary Jane must run for her life. Fight it, Peter! Fight it! And Peter must fight for his soul. She's getting away. How I can't let her, but yet how I must let her. And the new Warriors must fight to be noticed in a book that doesn't give a about them. We're here, too! And Angelica Yin will fight for t- to steal the show and her two panels of randomness. I'm your biggest fan, Peter. Peter, you're so awesome. Let's hook Time up. Time bomb. Time bomb. 
a microphone. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Uh, and one other really minor thing that I like, I don't know why, well, actually, I do know why, is that the, the, the guy, the new Warriors, like, computer, cyber <laughs> Danny Chase. dude, his name, his name is Carlton. Like, and that always brings back happy memories with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah. It's not unusual. Bertoni will put in freaking, uh, <laughs> this is the story all about how. Uh, I was thinking more of, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Yeah, Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, the, the, another another random thing that always sends me into a bit of rage as I've talked about is New York errors in comics in Spider-Man comics yes and they they make a big one in this one <laughs> Mary Jane's driving to and and they say that like oh Mary Jane's crossing the Williamsburg Bridge except for one problem that's not the Williamsburg Bridge that's the Brooklyn Bridge in the art God damn it. Why doesn't Marvel know that the Brooklyn Bridge is the Brooklyn Bridge? Just in the Clone Saga alone, we've had them call the Brooklyn Bridge like three different bridge names, except the Brooklyn Bridge. It's, ah! And it doesn't even make geographical sense. Because if you're going to Queens, the Brooklyn Bridge just connects Brooklyn to Manhattan. So, like, you know, she's actually getting farther away from where she wants to go. She, what she really wants to do is go across the Queensboro Bridge, which is probably what they wanted to have in the art, except, uh, I don't was know. Was Marvel stationed in New York around this time? Yes. Yes! It's always been stationed. stationed. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm asking. Like, how do they not know But the, art, the artist may not necessarily be stationed. I'm just saying. Oh, but I just, like, ah! <laughs> Every <laughs> single time, it bothers me. At least they didn't go with the easy joke of, like, him, like, almost tossing Mary Jane off the bridge, and then, like, Ben Riley being like, oh, no, not like this. Not like Glenn for the third time since I came back. <laughs> that would be the third time, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Actually, like no, no. Ben, Ben, Peter was in the Scrawl Spire costume with the Glenn clone. First time was with the random chick that somehow got to the top of the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot about that. So, so let's let's get it right. Even though it was Peter in in the Scarlet Spider costume, so it's easy to get it confused. <laughs> anyway, and and but it, I actually really was really entertained by it. It's not good. It's bad, but it's 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 bad in that sort of entertaining way. It's a very contrived it's ending. Like a Michael Bay film. <laughs> so I, I would say this is like for me it was like a B minus. It, it, it's just it, it's harmless entertainment, <laughs> bright, colorful, fun. You know, nineties. Yes, this was very nineties. Uh, okay, we're talking any other way. Give me your thoughts. Like Don said, that whole like beat him with your love for us, like that thing is like so cliche. Whenever somebody says that, I want that person to like get murdered and to like show that like okay, this time well. <laughs> Oh it's it, in every single like children's program, and are like like that. Like, th- th- that's got to be on TV tropes. Like somebody you like know, in under mind control saying, oh, yeah. "Fight it with your love, your love for me." I love friendship. I, yeah, and our friendship, and like God, it was, it was, it was at the end of Shadowland. I was just reading that like a few weeks ago. Like Daredevil's about to kill Foggy Nelson. He's like, "I know you won't kill me, Matt, because we're best friends, and we're all be best friends. Remember our friendship. Remember it. It's." Avenge, avenge me! Somebody cannot be mind controlled without like, without. So yeah, I mean, it's I I would have like I don't know I don't know how else. Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tie you down Clockwork Orange style and make you watch the end of Care Bears to a new generation over and over and over again. Time for a little game of disappearing bears. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? What, what? What's this disappearing bears thing? <laughs> Wait a minute! You actually haven't seen Care Bears it's too? No, 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 no. I, I've seen the first one years ago, and I may have seen the well, second one as well. The ending. <laughs> the ending. The ending of the movie is literally what you hate, what you're describing right now. Is it on but YouTube? Like, 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 just the ending scene, like a three minute version. I'll find it for you because I'm sure it is. It's the YouTubes. There's always stuff on really the And that picture of Mary Jane has always stuck with me. Like whenever I think, like that, that I I've, I've remembered that for years as like one of the worst renditions of MJ ever. Just like her sitting in that chair, like crying with like herself. All like her body just feels like disproportion. I I, I can't describe it. I feel like I could touch them. What? I, I, I have no problem with. I don't have as much problem with the MJ images as y'all do. I don't know why. I never said I had a problem with it. Well, to, to me, Mary Jane is, is the is the girl with the straight hair. I don't like this like this like poofy Dolly Parton style like hairstyle. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I, I don't like it. I mean, it, to me, it you know what? It, it makes Mary Jane look old. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not the believer that you know if you're married, you're older, blah blah blah, you're older, whatever. But to me, it doesn't look like it's the character. Okay. Just the big hair and the big like her face is like not round. It's it, it's like it's like an egg. I actually don't think it's a that's a badly drawn image, but like I just it just represents a design of her that I don't like. Yeah, I have no problem with that image. Luckily, the story okay. wraps Can, um... up quickly, so I don't know. The art's a lot better, and it's kind of Peter versus Ben at this. Point. It's like really cliched. Like, how many times have we done this in the Clone Saga? A couple. More than a couple. <laughs> yeah, more than a couple. That's facetious. I do like the fact that the Scarlet Spider was like, Mary Jane told me what the Jekyll did. I'm trying to help you, Peter. As he's like punching him left and right. Yeah, I, I love how I love how the Scarlet Spider never thinks for a second. Like. I can't hurt him. He's my friend. Because, like, every time Peter, like, fights, like, Dr. Connors or, like, Harry Esteriam, he's like, I can't punch him. It's my friend. Like, Scarlet Spider doesn't care. He's just, like, wailing on him. But uh, this wasn't as bad as the last issue, but it still suffers from some of the same problems. So so I'm going to give it a C. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this – I'm going to give this a C as well. Uh, The artwork is really good. Uh, It's – the artwork to me is Stephen Butler meets Derek Robinson – the guy that did the the uh, adjective of Spider-Man last last episode, and uh, Mark Bagley and Ron Lim. I kind of see like influences of all those artists besides Stephen Butler himself in there. Um, I really liked the artwork, and it seemed like every time, you, especially with Webb, it was really cutting to the kind of the point where you, you see it like so many times. Like Stephen Butler would like. Recreate a a Steve Ditko early Amazing Spider-Man, you know, early in, the, in like every other story, like in the uh, final montage with Peter and his gobs of sweat, we see the old you know Uncle Ben saying, "Oh, he's going to be bigger than me," or and then you got like geriatric Aunt May going, "Hey, oh, yeah, Peter, I have wheat cakes." From Amazing Fantasy 15, it's been re, it's re, been redone like a million times, but it seemed like every time you turn around, that uh, Butler would draw like a would draw a, a, an old Amazing Fantasy 15 image or an old or uh, as a homage. Um, Hold on. 
The uh, stories pretty well suck. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a part of me, everybody keeps talking about the power of love, and I keep hearing Huey Lewis in the uh, in, inside my head the entire time you guys say it. Don't take money. Don't take fame. Uh, and I keep seeing Marty McFly somewhere, like in a black souped-up truck in the 80s, not not hitting a Rolls Royce. <laughs> well, it's just like you know, why, why did like this? This didn't need Mary Jane sitting down and like talking to Peter one on one. She could have said, "Peter, remember who you are. Remember all the people that love you, who gave us strength." She could have said that at the very beginning. This wasn't a conclusion. This was a. This was like something that she could have done any time. It just ended because the story required it to end. Which, which, the story but she wasn't at Aunt May's house. Well, and and to be fair, she was also scared. She didn't know what the hell. She, well, she just she, she she knows what's going on, but she doesn't know what to do. So she panics. I mean, all the there's a sense of panic with Mary Jane's character. So I mean, I'm trying to be fair, but yeah, you're right because we're we're at page you know. 20 of 22, we need to wrap this thing up with her ginormous boobs. I'm sorry. I keep bringing that up. <laughs> well, they are spectacular, so I don't blame you. It's kind of weird that we're saying this about a fictional character. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the 90s. It's not weird at all. Yeah. Could be worse. She could be Witchblade. Oh, I went there. Uh, by the way, can anybody answer me this question? The the image of like Mary Jane and Peter fixing a kiss in the wedding dress was that from the wedding issue? Because I'm not remembering that. It looks like um, the cover. You know what that was? That's like like that's a painted image when they were like smiling to each other. You know yes. Because I, mean? I see it. I see it. Uh, there's several times after the marriage that 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 image is used. They're that's looking cool. lovingly at each other. But uh, overall, I'm... you know who painted that uh, wedding painting teaser, right? The ad? Bill Sienkiewicz. Bill Sienkiewicz. That's right. All it all comes back before. around. Anyway, um, I love yeah, the artwork. He has the dynamite. But uh, I really got to say the uh, story was pretty well not very good. So the artwork gets an A. The story gets a straight C. Um Tom DeFalco, I know you plied this issue. I love you, man, but not one of your finest hours. This is not a plot. This is an idea. Uh, Spider-Man chases Mary Jane. Write it. Nick <laughs> boss. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't the boss at that point, sadly. The world would have been a better place. But uh, no, I, I liked the uh, final image of the Scarlet Spider you know, swinging off. How am I going to explain this to the Warriors <laughs> after they got their asses kicked by uh, by Peter? <laughs> it's almost as if Mary Jane didn't pick the best super team. <laughs> exactly. But uh, for those of you that, that think, judging by this new episode, that, that we're still, you know, we're still in the crappy era of Spider-Man, we are. Um, oh. I think. I, I think. Uh, but it's fun talking about crappy issues. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not having a bad time. No, I'm having a pretty good time talking about you. Know. Hey, man, these, these weren't even the crappiest ones that we covered in like the last five episodes. Yeah, these are actually a improvement. I have to say, <laughs> these aren't that bad. Did anybody? Uh, this is another thing I wrote in my notes. Did anybody else get the uh, think when they first look at the Spider-Man eyes and the, the final Scarlet Spider panel of like those magic eye things that you like? 
put your eye really close. <laughs> I remember uh, that. Yay, nice. Yes. Very 90s thing, right? I, I immediately thought of that. I was wondering if, if, like, if you actually did that, that the jackal would pop out of it. That'd be kind of <laughs> or, or Mary Jane's boobs. I'm still in your head, Peter Parker. And I'm going to make you do some things over the next few years that are going to be crazy. <laughs> How's about you unmasked during Civil War? What's the harm? <laughs> hey, hey, Petey. Hey, Petey. I think, I think you should, I think you should, like, trade your Mary Jane or something. <laughs> you're not going to kill her you're going to wreck on her yes <laughs> retcon bomb I stole one of these from Hobgoblin 20, 2011 12 or something like that 2211 2211 thank you <laughs> I stole this retcon bomb from 2211 and now I'm going to use it on you <laughs> <laughs> those giant eyes all they make me think of is the uh, the first episode of the Spider-Man animated series where that, uh, what was that guy? He's like, oh, the eyes are after me. And he keeps seeing lizards' eyes following him. Eyes. <laughs> and there were pink elephants with those eyes. Jackal eyes. <laughs> He's very hungry. Anyway, uh, well, you know what? That, that, that's, we've re- reached the end of the reviews, guys. Hooray! Huzzah. No. Now it's time to say, say goodbye <laughs> to all our company. Oh, wow. You're bringing back the M-I-C. See you real soon. K-E-Y. Hi, I'm Justin Timberlake, and I'm... <laughs> and I'll be relevant soon. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... All right, guys. Well, this wraps up... That about wraps up this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, powered by Spidey, SpideyDude.com, not SpideyTude.com. I am your host, Zach Joyner. We'll see you next time where we cover the greatest responsibility. Three-part storyline that is the end of an era and the beginning of a new one. Somewhat. They'll never We'll see you next time, guys. Take care.